Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. This is the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech show. Are you going to get punked today? You're going to have to stick around and find out. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, we have an excellent panel and some awesome articles to discuss today for episode 680. Why don't we kick it off and introduce our amazing panel? John Locke, do you want to start it and we'll just go clockwise around? Yeah, uh, John from Lockdown SEO. Oh, um, it's John. We can't see your clockwise, dear. Yeah, you're on the thing. You can Okay, Sally, you go. Uh, 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 actually, we might all be in the same order on, on this. I'm so used to Zoom where nobody sees anybody in I the know. same order. And you can't Fancy on, on StreamYard. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm Sally, the WP fangirl, and uh, with me is um, <clears throat> the cat who can never get enough attention. Aww. Oh, I love it. I'm... I'm Natalie Lucier from Access Ally, and yeah, we have a WordPress plugin for learning management, memberships, and community. Oh, come on, you, you know you can do it. It's so, really, you need, to, you need to take control Spencer, here. Go them. ahead. I know, I know. Oh, go ahead, Spencer. I, I'm, first of all, let's be clear. In past shows with your colleague like Andrew, he's very specific not to speak until spoken to. And with Mr. Denwood, I'm waiting for him to introduce me as John Smith. But here, Listen, you're in charge of the show. So I'm be in charge you guys of the show. Like, I'm treating you guys like grownups, and it's not working. I see no, why. Crack. It definitely was. Spence you from, to do something Spence like from that. WP Launchify. Thank Done. you. Okay. Problem solved. And our founder, the one and only Jonathan Denwood. Yes, Stephanie, you need to get you need to understand what you're controlling here. This is the news of the world of a WordPress podcast. We go places where other podcasts do not go very wisely. Go there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, Back over to you, Stephanie. We could just call my name is Stephanie Hudson. Yeah. My name is Stephanie Hudson. I am the co-founder of a company called Focus WP, and we have an awesome Facebook group called Focus on Your Biz, which is a lot of fun to hang out in. You guys should come uh, visit us in there. And oh, there we got all our names up on the screen now. Perfect. Now, uh, we're super glad to have our special guest, Natalie, with us. And uh, I think it was two weeks ago, we had a little situation where I kept calling it excessively. And I just want to make a public apology now that you're here in front of us and have clearly stated that your company is called Access Ally. Put it on the record. That's what this thing is called, your company. So <laughs> now that we've gotten all of that rhymes business with taken sketch. care of, <laughs> rhymes with, it does not, actually. Yeah. So uh, let's dive into our first article well, today. Well, we have to go to our sponsor. Oh, we have to go to a sponsor break. You know what? I'm all thrown off by all of this. Let's hear from our lovely sponsor, Castos. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised 
full success. They have a flat rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pay at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. And we're back. You guys, Castos has a special offer just for the WP Tonic tribe. You can check out more about that and take advantage of it. WP-tonic.com slash recommendations. And you can also see the recommendations that we put up every week uh, for our little suggestions at the end of the show, apps or uh, media that we've been enjoying for the week. Okay, now, sorry about that. Now we can dive in. The first article, I'm just excited to talk about this. It's uh, search engine journal.com. Yoast had a whoopsie this week, you guys. Uh, Yoast WordPress plugin causes fatal errors. Uh, Natalie, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I had a couple of thoughts. Um, First of all, I think it can happen to any plugin to have a release where something goes wrong. Um, So I feel like I've been in those shoes before where it's like, oh, we released something and there was a, you know, we had to do a hot fix real quick right after. Um, And that being said, I feel like when there's something brand new, like I know it's the the whole blockchain integration that they were trying to add to it that caused the issue. I think that's the kind of thing we have to test like a lot on a lot of different server configurations, or I'm not sure exactly what caused this particular issue. Um, But that's the kind of thing that, yeah, when you're introducing a whole new thing like that, you need to make sure before it goes out to, to real people. I think that's, that's a really big deal. And, you know, what we've done in the past with our plugin is doing uh, betas to just a couple of people who use our product. So we know, you know, on real world cases, what could happen if they install this and start using it. So just some thoughts there. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot more we can talk about around For that. sure. But yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. I thought the same thing. Like, Yoast is not new to this game. Like, they, they sh- and this was not a tiny incremental update. Like, that's a big deal. Uh, Spence, what did you think? If you're not breaking things, you're not working fast enough. Oh, look at you. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, there that's what subversions are for, you know. Y- Yoast... 8.1.0.1.5 is that's saying, yeah, we really, we, we went a little too fast this week, but you got to keep pushing the limit. I don't hold this against them because this is just a, you know, an oopsie. I hold against them when they put out something that has a gaping security flaw and they don't acknowledge it for months on end. And then somebody has to catch them red handed because like Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. And if you've got hundreds of thousands of millions of users, you best really be on top of your game. If you got seven, eight hundred, a thousand users, you can get away with like, you know, uh, what do they say? Uh, uh, easier to ask forgiveness than to beg permission. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds of thousands of millions. Exactly. Or millions. I don't a know. Lot. How many That's a lot. I don't know. I think. I don't I think know. They uh, have, I know they have over eight hundred thousand registered users. I know that from working with them directly. Could be John, more. are you a are you a Yoast fanboy? Um, I've moved most of my clients over to SEO press, uh, the vast majority of them. Um, this, you know, um, it looks like they fixed it pretty much the same day, but the, the problem is, is the, the perception like lasts when the clients have an issue, like when they update a plugin 
or if they update something with WordPress and then, you know, it's fatal error or something looks broken, it, it scares um, customers and clients and site owners. So great care must be taken to do that. It's interesting, though, the, what they were trying to roll in is this blockchain um, thing, uh, what's it called, WordProof, that they're partners with. Um, and that, that was the reason for uh, this fatal error. But it sounds like we will see that integrated into the Yoast plugin sometime soon. So. Uh, Sally, do you have any thoughts on this uh, WordProof integration? Oh, oh. <clears throat> there was a Yoast update that caused a fatal error. This is news? <laughs> I, I, I'm notorious for not doing QA. Uh, and you'd think that with all those users, they could afford uh, to, to do testing. I mean, it, it's nobody writes perfect code. And of course it's almost impossible to test every situation in which your code will be used. Um, but, uh, and, and I would no doubt be much more sympathetic if this was the first time uh, something like this had happened with, with you. Um, you know, I think John's point about the fact that it's one of those things that contributes to people saying, oh, but WordPress is unreliable or blah, 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 blah. Um, and yet, there are going to be people who are convinced of that no matter what evidence to the contrary they see or no matter how much how many instances there are of whatever they think is is better uh showing exactly the same problems uh so i think there's uh, uh there's kind of a, a a limit on that i thought there was two sort of like in addition to the story which is that they had an issue with an update. I thought there were two sort of sub things that we could maybe um, give some thoughts on as well. One is um, the smaller of the two is the emails that WordPress is now sending. What are your thoughts on that? Jonathan, do you have thoughts on this new feature in uh, WordPress that it's sending these like, your WordPress website failed and all that? Well, just great news, isn't it? Just fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Well, you ever... there's sites I don't look at every day, and I might not know otherwise, yeah. but they've been doing that for, what, six what months, What are you year? referring it's to, not, Stephanie? Not new. What you, uh, those little, those little but, e those emails that come out, there's a lot of people talking about it, like, I got an email from my website that said, uh, oh, the, your site now had a, an error plugin. that broke it. stuff. Yeah, you right. had a and fatal it, error. And that yeah, with the safe let's get let's get back let's get back to the core of this because you know old Yoast. I've got a bit of history with Mister Yoast. Oh boy, uh, I'm um, trying to keep us away from this. You know, I've got a bit of a history on this show with Mister Yoast. Um, lovely <laughs> wife. You know, I've got. I'm Team Marika all day long. She's oh, awesome. she's superb. Unfortunately, um, her husband isn't. Uh, um, um, it, it happens to the best of us. You know, but there we go. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? Uh, um, but, um, you know, to say that it got a tra track record of not testing is a slight, just like, you know, like um, what Natalie said, it could happen to the best of us. but. You know, they don't seem to learn from their slight, their continuous history of 
taking websites down and why, why they're adding blockchain to this mixture. Um, God knows. I have that no was going to be my other question, John. You know, what do we think I, have of... a, I don't SEO blockchain. Well, I have no idea what they're doing. Right? We must blockchain Sally. all the things and use up more power. Right. Just, you know, things. somebody, somebody in their new paymaster. So, well, let's, yeah, we've got this plugin. It's, you know, it sounds good. It's got a buzzword. We just throw it in, take a load of websites down. Everybody's going to be happy. <laughs> MBD. We'll just, we'll just throw this little tiny update in. Now, what do you guys think of this, this blockchain addition? Natalie, do you That's what you need to do, Natalie. Just throw, just throw blockchain into it, Natalie. It all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, that's kind that's of blockchain. It must be cool. That was kind of my big, like, oh, really? Like, it's a blockchain thing? Do we need this with, like, and I know, you know, WordPress is all about decentralization. And that part of WordPress, I absolutely love. And the concept of blockchain is supposedly about decentralization, but I feel like there are so many drawbacks to it. Just the, like what Sal said about, like, the power it takes, you know, just to crunch everything. To me, it's like, is that really worth like a little bit more trust or whatnot that um, this is supposed to bring to the publishing experience. To me, I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> it feels a little you don't, bit... You don't that. exactly mix the two words together, trust and yoast, do you? <laughs> 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 yeah, and I'm, I mean, it's interesting right. to me because the blockchain thing, um, you know, I know a lot of people who either left the WordPress space to go into, you know, cryptocurrency and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting move. And I know a lot of people who are in the tech space who are going into that. But I also feel like that's a whole other, you know, can of worms that may or may not be worth discussing here. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan personally. <laughs> uh, who who here are some, are, do we have any crafters in the house? Let's talk about Etsy, everybody. I, I, who, I bet you do. I bet That's why you got the carpal tunnel from the knitting. You got to wear your... Michael Jackson glove, your special glove. Uh, So Etsy is not making its people happy. We're moving on to the article in The Verge. Etsy sellers will go on strike in April and want customers to boycott. Who wants to break down? I won't be able to get those sweaters anymore. I won't be able to get those cashmere sweaters made for me. I don't think they're making cashmere on there. You can get all of your... Uh, all your Pinteresty ideas can come to life on Etsy. Uh, Spencer, what do you think of the situation? Like, what is, what Etsy's doing to its people? Do they have the right? Well, here's the thing. I remember during the pandemic's peak that Etsy was attractive to my friends and even my father who were investors because here's a little, you know, I I read lots of people who talk about the fact that Etsy is a nice little side gig and it was always, you know, a cute little way to sell your whatever it might have been, but it wasn't an investable type of a platform. But what clearly happened during the pandemic, along with people selling farts in jars, was that mm. Etsy's got investors who looked at it in the way that people look at NFTs as like this platform for generating revenues. And that's where the problem lies, isn't it? Because I can relate it to something that was in the news this week about uh, without politics of our pre- our president speaking to oil companies and saying, you guys had $80 billion of excess profits this year and you are sticking it to everybody on purpose with supply demand issues because you know you got 9,000 permits you could drill and balance out the demand and supply and not charge $5 a gallon when people are really feeling the pinch. And that's what's happening here because 
that conversation was spoken to. You you represent consumers as well as you represent shareholders, but you only seem to care about shareholders and executives. And that imbalance is represented in so many of the companies we see. And it's happening right here. Like Etsy was a bunch of crafters making stuff like on eBay that they would sell to the end user. And then suddenly it got absconded into an investment platform so that the CEO, the C-suite, and all the investors can make a shit ton of money. I don't see any justification based upon their profits of last year why they would start to put the squeeze on the makers and reduce their thing other than sheer unadulterated greed. And therein lies the... And I, I heard plenty money. of people complain about their fees before. Well, I mean, you saw this in PayPal and Stripe a couple of years back. This annoyed me, and I'm sure, you know, Natalie's nodding. She knows what I'm saying. Like, the idea was you have PayPal as a platform, and it's all 2.9% and 30 cents. Now, somebody buys your stuff, and within a certain reasonable time period, you gave them a refund, they would let you get the fees back on the transaction as the seller. Well, PayPal took the ballsy move of saying, screw you, you know, we're going to keep the fees even if you, you have a 30-day money-back guarantee. And everybody hated PayPal, which is wonderful because they're easy to hate. Then Stripe decided <laughs> to do it. And then it's like, come on, because if you sell a high-ticket item for a couple hundred bucks, 300, 1,000, 1,200 bucks, and you give a 30-day money-back guarantee, you're paying 150 bucks for somebody to try your product for free. And that is just one of those examples of like, the banks charging fees and the intermediate, and everybody's not looking at who's their consumer. But here's where it ends nicely. Whether we have a decentralized blockchain way or whatever, Web 3.0, when everybody figures out that there's an alternative, that's when payback happens. It's just, unfortunately, it doesn't happen that quickly. So when Etsy squeezes, somebody will squeeze back. I would like to start a new drinking game here on the WP Tonic Podcast where every time somebody says NFTs or blockchain, we all take a shot. Yeah, it seems like it's taking over everything. Oh, she's got her a shot of tea. Uh, so I'm interested in this topic. This story is interesting to me in the WordPress realm because this to me is opportunity, right? Trick is how much are they paying Etsy? Is it even possible for them to get a decent functional WordPress website that is e-commerce and has the maintenance and all of the things necessary, would it cost any less? It's not an issue of the transaction. It's an issue of the marketplace. What Etsy is, is like eBay. It's a marketplace where people go to find stuff and there's thousands and right. thousands and thousands. It's The problem is not like getting the store going. The problem is that if you did your store on your own, you're on a rowboat in the ocean versus in a harbor where everybody's... Yeah, it's a, it's a I understand that. But this is, a, is their issue is with Etsy. What is their alternative is my well, question. Is this a, an opportunity for folks who make these kind of websites for people to have their own? Maybe they just want to have their own rowboat. You know, maybe they want to get into the SEO game and try and get their stuff out there. Well, it's a cautionary tale about how far, you know, you've got a platform that's an uh, enclosed marketplace, uh, Shopify, um, mm -hmm. Etsy, Facebook, whatever it is, you know, which is great. They've got the audience. But when you should be, it's a cautionary tale when you get to a certain level, you really need to get your own platform and move them over because, um, and that's the beauty of something like WordPress that's open source because the, these shenanigans aren't really 
so easy to do when you, when the platform is open source and Spencer's said this. So what, what does Natalie think about the shenanigans? Yeah, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> the shenanigans. <laughs> um, I do feel like the, it is like, again, it's kind of like we're trying to get everything into a centralized platform because of the benefits of being, you know, together side by side with everyone else. And I feel like, you know, Amazon does this too. Like they will find a product that's selling really well from like a third party on their platform and then they just make their own. And that kind of squeezes out those smaller producers. And I feel like it's the same with Etsy. Like eventually they, and I think they even said in the article, like there are more non-handmade products than there ever were before on Etsy. So I feel like it's no longer what it used to be. And yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity, kind of what um, Stephanie is saying. Like, I think the problem is the solution sometimes where this is a problem and maybe moving onto your own platform is the solution. But I agree. I think they're, the hardest part of doing that is the marketing. And I don't really know because I haven't been a seller on Etsy, but if they can start collecting people's email addresses, then they could potentially make that move, but they still would miss out on a lot of that search traffic. So I think it's a really tricky balance. I would. They would for sure. But I mean, I've got customers who I've recently inherited a couple lovely ladies who make products for dogs. This one woman bakes oh. homemade dog biscuits and it that's her that's her she's supporting herself doing that like that's her source of income there's another one who's selling that's how like i support myself on this show yeah. didn't you know baking baking dog biscuits yeah so i mean like it yeah. is possible to do it's a difficult transition for sure and if you have if you've already at a certain level the thing that is interesting to me is how many folks have actually gotten to the point where their etsy store is their livelihood like that is the, where it starts to get scary, right? When you're, uh, that is all the eggs in one basket. I mean, you are dependent on this corporation and it's not in the same way as like well, look, I, I've been following a couple of people on YouTube and they've built up substantial businesses on Etsy. You know, there's a, there's a Amazing, huh? circle, but they, they talk about where they've, um, they've been back temporarily suspended and they've tried to get hold of anybody in Etsy and it, they had a better chance of contacting God rather is, than getting hold of somebody there. Better, better chance time. of talking to a human at Google. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the, the, I mean, this is where, personally, this is where I got into the internet with battling it out with the SaaS platform founded by the billionaire Mark Andreessen, where the battle is we offer you the platform. We encourage you to come on here for free or paid, make your thing. And then, we basically have a really like a string around your private parts that at any point we pull really hard. And if you don't obey, you're gone. Your entire livelihood is gone. That was the first and the most important rule of why WordPress was where I brought all of my attention and customers because having lived through that and battled it out publicly, and I love the fact that it's there now all these years later, it's been proven time and again that platforms will treat their customers with utter contempt at a certain point in time. We see it with Facebook and Amazon. We see it with eBay. We see it with Etsy. We're seeing it everywhere because they're not in alignment with where they're getting their money. They're getting their money. They think from the public or the investors and the C-suite people, oh, I don't remember how we got here. Yeah, it was on the back of all the little like craft people. But, you know. You know what? There is uh, benefits and like there's pros and cons to all of it though, isn't it? Yeah, you know, well, I, used, I mean, I, platforms I grew are useful. Up, uh, People wouldn't be there without, uh, you know, if if they yeah. didn't get something genuinely valuable from them. 
it's right. It's I like mean, like sometimes that cost is worth it. Is it that, fr- I that was friend? Thinking that, the friend that does you favors, but you can't stand to hang out with them for more than a couple hours. <laughs> I was know? thinking about how like I lived at home till I was like twenty three, and my friends would be like, "You have a curfew or whatever," and I'd be like, "Listen, my mom makes dinner every night. Like I don't pay rent, but you know, like." Yeah, some of it sucked, but like some of it was really great. Like that's kind of, you know, like every situation that you're in, if you're going to go strictly out on your own, it might cost you even more money and it's going to be harder to market, but you're your own boss and you don't have to deal with the tyranny of Etsy or whoever. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean I, it, it, making an battles. informed decision, I think, is probably the the important point. It's because there are going to be people for whom the trade-offs and the dependency on Etsy and the possibility of this happening are still absolutely worth it because... They would just never find as as much business otherwise. And there are going to be people who, uh, you know, for whom it's better to do something on their own. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, I built a store for a client for their uh, annual knitting sale. Uh, And they considered Etsy and they didn't want to pay the fees. Well, they had a built-in customer base of other people who've been coming to this knitting sale in person for many years. They didn't have to worry about trying to let the entire planet know that they were there. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I I think the, the important thing is to know, you know, what you're getting into when you get into it and to be aware that, yes, um, you know, there are th- these companies do not particularly have your interests in mind. No, and also the way they handled it. I mean, if someone like is it is it the actual cost of all this? Because like I said, it's probably still cheaper than having your own site and doing your own marketing, but it's the way that that Etsy is handling it and the way that they're showing record increases and then still upping everybody's prices and they're upping them by substantial amounts and things like that. Like maybe they could have been a little smarter with the way they handle things and they wouldn't have an like outrage on their hands to do you remember when phone Backlash companies everything. used to charge you 25 cents to send a text message and they claimed mm-hmm. because it cost them? Or how cable companies claim they charge you for bandwidth use in your house when it's a fixed piece oh, of Oh, they hardware. don't claim they charge it. They do charge it. They, they, it but, but, they, but the I'm false saying, claim the, is that it costs the, them. The, the, the phone companies couldn't get away with the texting anymore because people called them out on it and they used the, the, like Wi-Fi-based things like WhatsApp. The cable companies can still get away with it because they can, but when they can't anymore, like maybe with the Starlink, they'll stop doing it. But the fact is that I get these messages from Xfinity, you've used 97.5% of your bandwidth this month on your cable. And I'm like, you mean the thing that just is there all the time connected that's electrical? I mean, it's just a lie to people's face, but there's an executive somewhere who looks at the bottom line and says, we have so much contempt for the customer as to like try to actually put that in their face. And that's what's happening here. And it's just never, it's never going to change because it's, it's the tug of war in a relationship between investors and consumers. You know. I think it's yeah. just capitalism. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. It yeah. really well, is. It's capitalism. That's what well, it's there's about. Well, there's nothing wrong with capitalism when, when you take it too far. It's like anything. You take it, it as long as there's modern. freedom of choice, it works because that's the beauty of it. Like compared to other political systems, we know capitalism works. But in this case, you have to have at least, and there is a chance here for that, a free market opportunity. So like the reason that they had to come down on the railroads is because you couldn't like just make your own railroad. And the cable companies and the phone companies, they decentralized. But in this case, Etsy and other platforms, yeah, you could take your customers there and sort of say, here's a link on my Etsy site. I'm moving over to WordPress. 
and then try to bring your audience with you. And that's a, an intelligent way to handle it or find another platform. But you're not going to get, I agree with Natalie, it's not like you can't take the nature of what capitalism is and then say it's going to be perfect because it's like men versus women or something. You know, there's always going to be that tension that makes it work, but sometimes it's in unbalanced. Guys, we're going to jump now from making patterns for new dresses over to making patterns for your WordPress website. On the word WordPress.org. Very impressed with that, Stephanie. Boom. Thank you. So we're moving on over to the tavern. WPTavern.com has the article, the WordPress.org pattern creator now open to the public. John Locke, we haven't heard from you in a few minutes. What uh, what do you reckon, as Jonathan says? Well, um, I think that uh, this having stuff like this would be key to uh, getting Gutenberg adoption. Um, this is where the project is going of, of having repeatable patterns. It's very interesting that they're opening a whole page on the repo for people to contribute. And perhaps this is where um, people would contribute as opposed to free themes in the future to uh, try and freemium uh, their product. Uh, but definitely this is something that's necessary uh, for the, the growth of the project. I, I think at least on the .org side, uh, if they want people to uh, adopt Gutenberg across the board, because uh, people could just grab these patterns out of the uh, repo and implement them on their site. So very interesting. We'll see, you know, how it goes. So. Yeah, it's like it's like you can see Jerusalem, you can see Jerusalem on the map, but you're in you're in um, you're in the mess that is Gutenberg, <laughs> but you can still see Jerusalem. One day you can see all that possibility, but you're actually living in Babylon. You know, this is this is the problem, Stephanie. You're in the wilderness. You're in Babylon, but you can see Jerusalem. But you that, that's you're kind of like so you're Sarah excited Palin about this, in Russia. Out her in Russia. Oh boy! <laughs> so, Jonathan, you're excited about this? Because like yeah, because you know you see all the possibilities. You can see the new Jerusalem. Blake, are you going to go design you something? Know, but, are you going to go put but, some patterns in there? No, I'm staying with Animator. I'm not going down. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Flexbox, much more. Um, I wish Gutenberg all the well. It's a it's a long winding story that one day we'll get to that Jerusalem someday, somewhere, somehow. But uh, who knows, Stephanie? Sally Gutenberg Getch, what do you think? <laughs> That's right, Guten Getch. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's great, uh, and it pairs nicely with the uh, uh, other notice about uh, Gutenberg twelve point nine plugin uh, adding in uh, block locking uh, uh, pattern registration, which is. A, a, a key thing and full theme exports because the those are are all things that we need in order for people to be able to actually create uh, themes without code <coughs> and also um, put patterns in, into their uh, into their sites. I have looked at the pattern creator. I have not created any patterns, but friend of the show Brian Gardner was in there 
making a pattern and registering it and putting it in the directory like, you know, the first day because uh, he, he is even more all in on the full site editing thing than I am. I, I'm gonna, you know what I they really I, need to I, do is I'll be last. Let me, let me finish with this one because I want to hear Nathalie or anyone else wants to say, but like I have a different opinion about what's happening with this. All right. Who wants to go? Natalie, do you, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be awesome. And already there's like some cool stuff in there to play around with. I haven't contributed anything, but obviously eventually maybe, <laughs> who knows? Um, but I do feel like it will make it easier. It's, um, it feels like a kid in a store where you can like pick what you want and like combine it together and really build something as opposed to building it from scratch. So I feel like it's really going to help the people who need something like that. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see more contributions coming into. All right, Spence. All right. Here's my take on this. I live in, you can tell that Lisa see I found this. I don't disagree with any of your opinions, but I'm going to tell you my experience based upon, I'm practically speaking in this space as a daily occurrence. And here's what I found. First of all, I agree that it's a great idea that WordPress.org has a pattern library. I have created my own version of this for the stuff that I do with sales funnels and so forth, because the idea of people being able, almost like, you know, uh, those artist sites like Dribble, where people are like, look, here's a really cool thing. To allow people to contribute their ideas, absolutely fabulous. And I agree that it takes away from the complexity in the old school one-off theme marketplace where, look, I have this idea and I, I got to make a theme and get it approved by some joker. Like the idea that I can put it up for free is awesome. But there's two really big problems right now with this that lead to the higher level problem. And I just want to outline this for the sake of whoever is listening first time. There's a conversation now by Matt that we should have 5,000 full site editing themes that are all like one-off themes. In other words, like the old themes, they're not page builders or not based upon blocks. They're full site editing templates. And that person who makes the theme has to implement into that all of the choices about what's the look and the feel and the style sheet. And many people, including myself and even Brian Gardner argued, because that's what they're doing with Frost, we should have a canvas-like base theme for WordPress into which, by the way, here it comes, one can pour patterns. Now, why is this relevant to the pattern directory? It's an absolute yard sale disaster right now. <laughs> if you take any of the patterns that people have put in, and Epsi. you is an Epsi version, <laughs> and you try to put Epsi. them into a functional site that has a different theme or a different CSS, because the thing that the pattern does does not live in a vacuum. It's not a bubble like wrapped in plexiglass or something, you know, where it's not, you move it from here to there and it fundamentally breaks and changes depending on what your site is, which shines a huge light on this idea. If we had a centralized framework of CSS and the, you know, theme the layout and all the controls for everybody to build on, it would be like Lego blocks because now anybody can make a Lego block of any color and any shape, as long as it has the little dots on it, and as long as it's made of plastic. But right now, it's Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs and metal parts and wood and, you know, shavings from the garbage can in there. And it looks really cool to anybody who doesn't try to use it. But the second you try to use it, or worse, when you try to find something, because today there's six things in there, but tomorrow there's 12 things. There's not even a searchable thing based upon tags or taxonomy or anything. It's just, so it's like, 
it's a total like swing and a miss right now because nobody thought through how does the whole system work as a whole. They just keep doing this. Let's look at our own little project in a vacuum and ignore other things. And then somebody later will figure it out. But the rest of us are sitting on the sidelines going, huh, or I could just use cadence with cadence blocks. And, you know, a, a, a thing that is universally applicable because it takes those things and puts them under control. And WordPress could be doing that right now. So, well, if you look at something like Extendify. Sally, redirect. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if you look at something like Extendify and you copy one of their block patterns and you paste it in, it picks up your, the, assuming you've got it, like a full site editing does, theme it, with the theme JSON, it picks up your themes and your colors. It does not do that in this block pattern. That's the problem. It does it. So it, I did, it did it some when I used it because no, the devil's in the details because I, I, I work with Chris and Extendify and Redux. Okay. And they've curated their stuff. But also when you look at the Chris, that library, that library is not trying to do complex things where things really start to fall apart is when you have nested columns or you have like, even on the 2022 theme, if you look, on the 2022 theme right now at a product page, the product page breaks because somebody left out some CSS for overflow. Or you look at like their own submission form, the, the form breaks. There's so many things that are broken because nobody has a unified set of CSS. So somebody else who has their product, could be XSLE, could be launch flows, could be whatever. They have to go in and like make all these fix-it rules for a million iterations because now it's not just like one framework. It's now, it's like, oh, this customer used this plugin and that plugin and this theme and this combo. Well, Wait, Stephanie, that's different from how Stephanie. WordPress has always been how? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 30, 30 second morning, you guys. 30 Stephanie, second morning. Yeah, Stephanie I, it's time, uh, Stephanie, I think it's time to go for our break. And all I've got to say, Stephanie, <laughs> um, it's so much easier when you use Elementor. <laughs> <laughs> See, now look at you just trying to throw that. Elementor shit to bed this week, too. So don't think that's true because they broke the crap out of their platform with their 3.6 right. this week. So. Listen, we're all going to take a deep breath and we're going to go hear from our sponsor. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alamator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. I'm Bertha, an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks, you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert from blog posts to landing pages to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. All right, we're back. If you guys would like to hear all of these little tips and tricks that we've got, all our comments, you can read all about them in our weekly newsletter. Get a little extra, a little extra commentary from Mr. Denwood. Uh, and you can do so. You can sign up on the WP Tonic website, wp-tonic.com 
slash recommendations or just about any other page on the site where there is a sign up. Now, let's move on to our next story. Now, this one is of interest because we have we have a few women in tech here in this very room with us. And uh, I think that, oh man, my, my AirPods just went out. I hope you guys, you guys can still hear me, right? Okay, good. So we've got uh, sort of a bio article on the masterwp.com website, women in tech, Ada Lovelace, the first computer programmer, in addition to also being the pioneer of the Princess Leia hairdo. I don't think she gets full credit for that, if anybody has seen the image on this. I'm so envious because I haven't got it. Oh, those, yeah, those side rolls are positively medieval. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, ladies, uh, Natalie, as our special guest and a prominent woman in tech, Someone who is killing it out there among all the men. I think I've seen, I've seen Natalie as the queen of WordPress. That's what I've uh, seen. Thanks a um, lot. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> I, I prefer princess anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie, what would you like to say about Ms. Lovelace? Yeah. So, you know, I first read about her, I think probably in high school. And um, I have to say, you know, my my kind of um, inspiration to want to go into tech was actually Angelina Jolie in the movie Hackers. So a little bit different from Ada Lovelace, right? (laughs) But um, definitely had some like, oh, computers, that's cool. And obviously I was a total nerd. So it was nothing like I was missing anything in that department. Um, But yeah, I I actually really like um, her story. And we I have a little um, storybook that I read with my daughter, uh, all about Ada Lovelace and just kind of how she kind of came to be. And yeah, it's just really interesting for me to be able to share some of those older stories. And at the end of the book, you know, there's her real picture and my daughter's like, oh, she's real. Oh, okay. Like that's cool. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like, um, it's great to just have those role models and, um, yeah, it's cool. There's also a programming language called Ada. Um, so I think that's that's really Is it cool. Ada? I say Ada. Ada, I have no yeah. idea. I've always just read Let's it. Say so Ada, yes. say Ada. Ada is good. Let's <laughs> write the whole thing off. What's that? How's that go? Oh, well, uh, Jonathan's probably the expert because she was a Brit. Um Oh, that's true. No, no, don't get me involved. My no, no, I don't mean not we were just on pronunciation. Yeah, I only meant the pronunciation. <laughs> I, I didn't mean, you know, that you were therefore necessarily uh, 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 an expert on Ada Lovelace. And and I certainly was not as young as, as uh, uh, Natalie when I first heard of, of Ada Lovelace. But, um, uh, uh, it, you know, uh, uh as time goes on, we uncover a lot more contributions from women to the history of technology and, and computing that got uh, uh, covered up when they decided that uh, computers were not secretarial equipment uh, that should be relegated to women, but actually, like, this should be a profession, and therefore we need to get the women out of there. Um, and there's a whole series of, of bios on of women in tech on uh, the uh, Master WP. Uh, website right now because it is Women's History Month. Um, it's amazing, really. I don't know how old I get. I'm still always amazed how many how people can be such pricks so often. <laughs> <laughs> it still always amazes me their ability to be douchebags consistently. Well, yes, it's like you you know 
it's like, it doesn't surprise you because you know it happens, but it still shocks you because it's still, it's appalling. Yeah, douchebaggery, the, the possibility of douchebaggery is unlimited, isn't it? You know, I'm no, I'm no son. That's one of the but, uh, best you know, sentences but, you've ever said, John. What? <laughs> That's a, that was a great sentence. Uh, I'm so still I think, shocked um, at people's ability to be hypocrites and total douchebags. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna tone down the language just a tad, and we're gonna give each of these gentlemen an opportunity to say something about the appreciation of the foundation that some really powerful women have made in tech. Uh, John Locke, would you like to start? Yeah, uh, as Sally mentioned. Uh, the Women in Tech uh, series, it's on Master WP. Uh, they also, you know, Otto Lovelace, first computer programmer. Uh, Hedy Lamar, you enjoying that Wi-Fi? Well, she created that. Uh, and uh, the Hidden Figures uh, lady. Um, you know, all women were the first computer programmers. And it's when it started to become a money-making profession that's when all the the men decided, nope, you know, we got to crowd the women out and, um, you know, try and dominate this because this is where the money's at, you know. But women are exceptionally good at this. Um, And I think it's, you know, good to have uh, more women on your team. Women can program you know, uh, Natalie is is awesome at it. You know, she's an accomplished programmer. Sally, you know, Stephanie, all and there's many other people that are here in present day within our community that need to be recognized for that as well. So let you know, I, I would encourage everybody to um, you know recognize the women. Uh, I five a lady today, everybody. Do it. <laughs> I think it's awesome in the movie Hidden Figures how it shows that the original computers were humans. They actually did computing, like they computed the numbers by hand with a pencil. It's, it's like they a were- scene from Dune. It's like a scene from <laughs> Dune. Yes, a slide rule. <laughs> so, uh, Spence, what do you got to say? First of all, I was very pleasantly surprised to read about Hedy Lamar. And I love, I already said I love this Master WP, this series in particular, but, it, you know, Robert Howard's team and the people contributing are doing a great job. So it's really interesting. Did you know, for example, I think I talked about it on many shows ago, Jack Black, the comedian actor, his mom also was a mathematician or a scientist at NASA. Oh. So to be honest, I, I'm not, I, I'm thrilled to shout this. Like, I would prefer to live in a world where women actually ran everything. And I say that as a male Scorpio. Why? Because... As we were just talking about, I'm all too familiar with the male ego and the way that men do things oh, you as a man. Ego, and, and, and quite honestly, I'd rather live in a world where government and, and business were run by women because I think it would be a much more democratic society and we'd be more focused on benefits. So these stories are very entertaining for me because they really open my eyes to how many interesting contributions women have made throughout history that are swept under the rug. I mean, quite frankly. Yes, Stephanie. Do you, have gonna... da- do you have girls or just boys, Spence? I have three boys, but uh, my sister has girls. And I just say, because I'm probably because my ability to have children with women that I can't have a long lasting relationship, but having dated a lot, I realized that the world we live in, you get older and you get wiser and you see more clearly men are really badly affected by testosterone and their younger years. And as you get older and you sort of get experience, 
you start to, I think, act and think. Again, I was a single mom, too. That helped. But you start to act and think like maybe women do from their youth. And you realize, like, it's a way better way to live life. And you see that all the time. And yeah, Stephanie, yeah. Stephanie, I'm going yes, to give sir. you, I'm going to give you a golden opportunity because oh, I can't wait. I, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm in a generous mood, Stephanie. Okay. Uh, um, I've been we watching the, I've been watching the dropout, and <laughs> this, this way that Spencer romanticizes females, I believe in equality, but this romantic picture that Spencer's. China produce, and then you watch the dropout, and our beloved total psychopath Elizabeth Holmes. You know, Jonathan, let's not talk about it right now. <laughs> yeah, but Elizabeth Holmes is an she's she's an outlier. That's an, that's an enigma. Oh, that's like sure. talking about Ted Bundy sure. represents all guys. I mean, guys right. are bad, but they're not serial killers. She's psychopathic, but that doesn't mean women are. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, of course not. I would like to say that I think. Uh, I think, Spence and John, I think your boys, you have one son. Or how many kids do you have, John? You have a son at least, right? One boy. Your sons are really lucky because they've got some awesome dads who are very well-rounded and not discriminatory. You guys are not mansplainers. You're not misogynists. Like I think that's really special, <laughs> and I, I want to give you guys a shout-out on this post specifically that you guys are some, you guys are some great dudes. And we women know, like, there are a lot of those guys in tech, right? But in this room, it ain't so bad. So I think that's uh, that's really good. I'm really grateful to be able. To I learned about mansplaining, by the way, from a Modern Family episode where Phil <laughs> goes to the salon because <laughs> his wife won't use the coupon, and he, there's like eight women around him, and he's trying to explain why he's frustrated. She doesn't understand. He wants to like answer all of the, her problems, and they're like explaining. I go. Oh my God, it's so obvious. They should teach that in fourth grade to boys because like women don't want you to tell them what to do or answer the problem. They want you to listen and, you know, be thoughtful. And it's like so obvious, but nobody tells guys that. I mean, it's not taught. I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, Stephanie. No. No. I lived in Norway for two years. I, I was dating a Norwegian lady. I, we went to Sweden for seven months. Uh, so I lived in Scandinavia. And I've got to tell you, American feminism, when it goes a bit too far, I, I think it's semi-bonkers. Uh, uh, but that's my opinion. You know, and I've lived well, in any extreme, anything extreme is a little... You know, I mean, when you're getting all the way out to the outer edges, there's there's always well, problems. I mean, there, there's a lot of very awkward history in mainstream white women feminism in the U.S. Uh, 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 you know, that needs to be uh, acknowledged. But it does seem to be a, um, pretty much a cultural universal uh, that women uh, get, get the short end of the stick in a lot of things. On the other hand, patriarchy is brutal on men. As mm-hmm. well, it, it, just in a different way. Um, yeah, just give people a break in general. But it's, like I now, say, you know, it's just it's just a, it's just always amazing me people's inability just to have the most basic standards of treating other people the way that they wanted to be treated. You know, I'm not asking for well, step, their their step one is to convince themselves that that those are not really people. 
Yeah, but I'm 58 now, and I'm I, still I'm still gobsmacked by people's behaviour and inability. You do to, not look uh, a day over 65, Jonathan. No, you're 58. That's the kindest so, video you've ever said to me, Stephanie. Listen, okay, so now we've talked about this, the whole, she's a woman. But I also kind of like, I'm tired of people talking about what gender they are and who they want to sleep with and all of this other stuff. I agree that there's important issues here that need to be addressed, but also like she's just a really cool human who did all these things, right? Despite whatever body parts she has. And I think there was a couple things in here that stuck out to me as I want to learn and grow. And one is that she kept good company. She hung around with really smart folks. Do you mean <laughs> she didn't like, come really on this brilliant pod- and really influential? Do you she mean should've. she didn't come on this podcast? No, but she should have. She was still alive. We would totally have her on. And I, I would get that name pronunciation cleared really. up. There we go. The other thing that I think is interesting. Natalie, Natalie's never coming back on this. This is your uh, son. She's too clever for that. So the the other thing I wanted to say, though, is that back in the 1800s, 1900s, before we were getting pinged every, like, 50 times a second by everything, people had space to think. Like, analytical mathematics and sciences and all of that. And I think that's something that is drastically missing in our world. I know I don't have time. I don't feel like I have the brain space to just think and innovate like they did back then. And so reading stories like Wealthy this- Wealthy people had time. Yeah, watch, watch Bridgerton and you might have a different opinion because I'm hooked on that show now. And the only people <laughs> who have the space- seem to be like the the sons and daughters of the rich people because everybody else is working their ass off 24 hours a day to survive. But you're right about the, the But you the get like the pinging and all that though. Like we are all technically we could all be in the rich class like we don't have to slave and work t- 10 jobs. None of us do. So technically we are in that class right now in our modern society. We're not the super rich maybe, but like Well, jobs, but there's a difference but- between being independently wealthy and making a decent living. Because if if you are independently wealthy, you can think all the time, and you're not worried about paying the rent. There, but that's not that's not what I'm saying, Sally. Like it's in our modern society. Even if you don't have, like, you're not busy, you're still being constantly bombarded. Yes, our brains, absolutely. our dopamine hits, all of these things are constantly happening that aren't giving, like, aren't allowing us to just sit and be quiet with our thoughts. Definitely, God Very forbid you turn that. your phone off. Stephanie, you exactly. got to work Watch twenty-four. Jonathan. You got to work twenty-four hours to pay for these increased Ipsy charges. You know uh, that is true. That is true. That, <laughs> I think it's time. Oh, I think us, it's yeah. time to go to our recommendations. We're, listen, who is running the show today, I'm Jonathan? Just you, I'm just, you just I'm, never. I'm I have just it open right now. You, Stephanie, I'm just giving advice. No, you have no trust in me. No trust, guys. Got, we're heading to the I tavern. Got, I, got, I could use. A WP beer right now. We're going to go WP Tavern, and we're going to talk about WebP images. Performance team proposes enabling WebP by default in WordPress 6.0. I have some thoughts on this, but let's hear from our panel first. Uh, Natalie, you're nodding. It looks like you've got some thoughts here, huh? Yeah, so I, I'm excited about this one, too. I don't know the full repercussions. Like, I was just testing because we were moving some of our images to WebP when we were redoing our site recently, and I have a really old iPhone, and it does not work in that old iPhone. So Ooh. I was like, oh, man, like, is are all of our images broken for anyone else? And, of course, the How rest old? Of like, iPhone ten. 
Yeah, uh, iPhone 6. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. <laughs> so all of my, I mean, it's good to test on different devices, but all of our employees have what, like, I way think, more. I think it's time to go to the, the Apple shop, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're sort of Luddites. Like, we live on a farm, we create software, but we don't oh. always have the latest tech. So anyways. I love it. I love that. <laughs> it was a, I was like, oh man, it's not going to work for everyone. But then I realized like most people have a more modern phone. So it'll probably be fine. That's Tim, my Tim Cook is relying on you, Natalie. <laughs> yes, he needs to get those numbers up. Right? Jonathan, <laughs> we, you're going to yell at me because we're running out of time in a second. Let her talk. <laughs> Do we really run out of time? Isn't that just a myth? Because Spencer, really. I, listen, I'm just time trying to Time is relevant. Relative. I, know. I mean. Or something. It's not like somebody is forced off of the show because there's another show scheduled behind it. It's not network television. Somebody might get forced off of this show if they keep buttoning in. We'll see. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Natalie, did you get to finish your thought? I did. You've given up. Okay, good. (laughs) John Locke. I had had asked one of your children to ask you why you have such an old phone. And I guarantee you it will immediately break because that's what happened. I had an iPhone 8 Plus. And I got my 11-year-old an 11 or 12 or whatever, and he kept hassling me. And the day he says, you should get a new phone, the phone bricked itself. And then I had to go buy my $1,500 laptop. Oh, he's phone. back on there. Every bloody episode, he talks oh. about his $1,500 phone. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you because, you know what? Optimized people, and I will include Natalie in this, optimized people realize when they have a tool that works to just stick with it. Like, <laughs> I I don't want to tell you, but like I have a, you know, like a pillow sham that was around from before my children were born because it just is comfortable. Like I don't need to get another one just to get it. So the fact that they keep shoving these things that are non-repairable at us annoys me as a person because, uh, you know. Back on it. Tribe, he's back on the refrigerator. In my garage, I have a refrigerator from my first home that refuses to die. And yet in my house, I have stainless steel new fridges that keep dying every two years. And that tells mm-hmm. me something about how things you are. sound like my grandma. That's what she would always say. They'll make them like I used to. Hey, can we talk about WebP images, you guys? Yeah, WebP. So, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, John Locke. Yeah, so this would be a welcome thing in my view because right now um, when I'm building sites, I'm using custom code to... Let's say you have a hero image. I'm using custom coding right now to um, put a WebP image in there just to save a few extra milliseconds. So if I could, you know, output that featured image with a WebP with a JPEG or PNG fallback just by using you know, the built-in WordPress function, that would be amazing. That would save me a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, like you, like you said, um, it's good to have the fallback and it's, it's good to embrace the new technology. Can I use .com does show that it has close to 95% support in browsers. But as Spencer says, you know, I had a, a client that I built a site for a couple of years ago they were the head of an IT firm, very successful on the East Coast, but they were still rocking an iPhone 5S. So you have to support everything within reason. Um, so, yeah, WebP would As be Jay-Z great. said, he's got a side chick with a 5S of the cracked screen. She still texts him back. 
Yeah. This is the same problem, by the way, as the, as the pattern thing. Here's why. Currently, a couple generations ago, they made auto thumbnail generation for JPEGs, PNGs, and so forth. Now, I wanted to say, nobody needs to know this, but when you actually have to do this for your livelihood or for your clients, this becomes really a problem. The only way to adjust the creation of all those thumbnails is through a function or a filter, which most clients will never do. WordPress in its infinite wisdom decided not to put in a default interface to allow you to check, check, check. I want JPEGs. I want 20 different sizes of responsive stuff. And so as a de developer and as a marketer, this creates a new pain point for me because when a, an, um, an upload is made, I have to use a plugin like Smush It or something because otherwise it generates 12 copies of an image as it is. This is going to exacerbate that problem. Why? Because now it's going to be auto-generating WebP and I have to explain to a million people how to filter it out. You know what they can do to solve this? Put an interface into WordPress that says, how would you like your images generated or not? And make that part of the default just like every other platform does. Instead, they leave it to random mode. There's a plugin this and a plugin that and an author this. And now you've got iPhone 5 people competing against web developers. And it's just, stop the madness. We have a chance at this juncture with the block editor and everything else to really think about this for once. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I have, I have one word, Spencer. Also, Spencer has Short a lot pixel. of feelings. Short pixel is great, yeah. It, it does the WP... WebP thing for you and stuff, but it takes your credits. Take, you, know, you pay for that if you have the pro version of it. So, you know, I don't know. I, is it one of those things where it's like, do I really want WordPress? Here we go, Stephanie. It's the, it's the key phrase. Stop the madness. Stop the madness. Poor I mean, they jam it in yeah, there. No, my first question was, was like, WebP is terribly last year. When are we getting the AVIF? Remember AMP and that whole conversation? Okay. You know, like... You can't live without AMP. Da, da, da. Imagine if you think of this like AMP. Like they're trying to sell you putting a format in, which yes, it could be useful, but they're giving you no controls unless you have a filter or a function, which is outside, outside the scope of a normal person's ability. So they're essentially choosing everything for you. And then people get these questions about the performance and so forth of their site that other people have to go back and explain to them. Well, far, far as I can tell, places like Squarespace are serving WebP, and I don't think most people leave. But Squarespace notice. doesn't generate 9 million responsive images. Well, if they're smart, they use some kind of a CDN that does the on-the-fly sizing. Um, it's a platform, too. So, I mean, let's call the difference what it is. You, know, you, need, is you need a quality WordPress host that specializes in learning management systems. So if, if you, you look could, at the comments... It could be that, it could be that but who could do that if you read the comments too a lot of like one of the guys was saying like he did some tests and the webp files weren't always smaller than his jpeg images which now you're running into a whole nother issue like if if it's making it better like it's making your site faster you could at least have a little bit of an argument but if it's actually making things worse like and you have no control over it to be able to turn it off like you know like there's there are some problematic elements. John Locke, and, by, and by the way, just to throw one last thing into that, you know, the responsiveness of the thumbnails that was supposed to solve all the problems was a, was a fix for the older themes because there was just this giant 100% wide column and you needed to control the size of the image to pay something. But now that problem's gone away because everybody is using containers or blocks. Now an image should be 100% and it should be just like as big as the width of the space, but so small in compression that it doesn't matter because it'll just fill it in automatically. But nobody has rethought this as a top-down solution, which leaves us continually having these same conversations. Where is 
the management and all of this. The core team. Well, you don't want to you don't want to be scaling down. You know, somebody's ten megapixel image that they upload. But, but you can have a, you can have a fourteen. Hold on, let me just say this one thing. You can have a 1600 pixel wide image that's 28 kilobits in a PNG format. So it's as wide as any normal site could possibly be. And it's the DPI is 72 DPI, whatever you need for the web. And that's it. And that could be one image. And then whether it's WebP or JPEG or PNG, there's three images. Instead, we get 27 of every image of all kinds of sizes. And then when you put one of those responsive ones in, like, I put my thumbnail in a space too big. It's blurry, and people are confused. Why is it blurry? Because they don't get what's going on. And it makes hey, Martin, Martin, very- Martin. I need to hug you guys. He's got such strong feelings. Yeah, it's no, really- Martin, because I'm I deal in the mud all day long, and I have to come to the show and explain. Like okay. these articles are. My you know, dear Spencer, you asked where the management. They're in an they're in Antarctica. I'm working, I'm working King, on it. Talking to King Penguin. It, it's over at Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working they're, on they're, they're managing Tumblr, my dear Spencer. John Locke, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this uh, article before we jump over to our panel recommendations? No, just the, the, the core team is, they're understaffed. Exactly. That, that's what, it, what it looks it's, like. It's so. not the people working on the project. It's the lack of direction from the top down. You can't have a bunch of people voting on stuff when there's... I looked in the tickets yesterday because I submitted a bug fix for 2022. There's like 9,000 bugs that need to be fixed. And these we, people are we, just volunteering their time. We need, we need to... Well, well, there's billions of dollars that could be used to pay people to actually be organized like a normal top-down corporation. Sorry, it's the truth. It's the exact same thing as Etsy. Uh, like, money being spent? We need to get, we need to get on with this. He clearly hasn't finished, but, you know, we could yeah. just mute him and go on without him. Come on, that's strong feelings today, you guys. That's not all right. We got we, so we need two shows a week to get all this energy out. We just we can't do it in one show. <laughs> John does have two shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he's so calm. Spencer here because it's cheaper than therapy. Show. He's got a politics show. This is like his Jason Calcana show. We're just not talking about politicians. We're talking about WordPress. Get over yourself because that's what the point is. Like we're talking about relevant stuff. This affects everybody in the WordPress space. It's true. Okay. <laughs> We're not disagreeing with you. I know. You're just wearing a pal. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of energy. Oh, God. What, a, what right. a train wreck of a podcast. You know, because I didn't swear Listen, no. this week, though, so I'm making some improvements. The energy is up, but the swearing is down. I'm at zero, I think, Excellent today. Excellent job. So maybe. Excellent job. Yeah, John. Jonathan's been making up for you on the on the right. language. Today. Yeah, but show, uh, his douchebaggery comment was. I've been here since show one. It's 680 <laughs> of these things I've sat through. And I'm telling no you. No wonder you're freaking out a lot. <laughs> hey guys, what do you say we move on to our panel recommendations? Anybody want to volunteer to kick it off? John Locke, I know that you put Yeah, I, I, okay. So, anyway, this this one's a cool one. Jane, El- Jane Elliott always. Just amazing. But this is a video I found on YouTube. There's actually a couple other variations of this where she does this. But this one's from 2020. The blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment uh, where she basically gets a group of people and puts them into uh, two groups. And, And basically it's to force white people to kind of... They showed us a movie about that. In orientation week, when I was a freshman in college, but, but, the, but this particular one is very interesting in 2020 because 
you, you know, Brexit was happening, like the, the Trump thing was happening in the U.S. And uh, people would rather not, there's a couple of people that would rather not participate in this rather than um, confront the fact that they have biases and they will protect and that we this, can be this manipulated into developing biases yes. in about 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah. So go watch it. It's very interesting. It's well worth your time. It's, it's. Well, yeah, but the thing is, John, we, we, you, know, you know, a lot of women have, buy, have made a biased choice not to date me and then they've gone to date Spencer's. But I don't, you know, I don't go on about it. They're all dating Spencer. They don't want to go out with me. Just because they're dating Spencer doesn't mean that they're top of the line either. You know, no, they grasp to the my friend. Thank you. So That's the kindest thing you've ever said to me, John. There we go. Sorry. I just want you guys to know, uh, blue eyes and red hair are the most rare combination on Earth, so... I'm basically a unicorn, and I, I, I will. I will tell you that, like, as a person who, as you socialize, as you get older, you realize, like, it's impossible to have a type as you get older because you realize, like, there's all kinds of mix and matches of of, of every attribute, and it's really it's amusing. When you're younger, you're like, oh, I like this, but then you get older, you're like, it's like mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit. Uh, okay, Miss Sally, what's your recommendation for the tribe? I have a recommendation uh, that is uh, likely to be useful uh, for podcasters and interviewers. Uh, and there's actually two websites that I saw listed that help you pronounce people's names. Oh, uh, I need this. So oh, I have I, I have put I the, the, the link into the Slack. And yes. um, please, please do that because yes, I, I, uh, they're they're fairly easy to remember. Pronouncenames.com and uh, nameshouts.com, and they they both oh, are cool. basically contributed to by people who I bet ask them. I bet ask them to sponsor the show. I'll be the per perfect podcast. <laughs> yes, be. it won't necessarily help you with company names, but it will help you with personal names. Uh, which is always good if if you have to uh, uh, interview somebody or if you have to talk about, you know, if you're mentioning the name of the author of, a, of an article uh, that you're discussing. All right, Spence. We need to go look I, up data. I had this before the show. It just became topical, but I want to recommend one of a couple plugins. This one is called, I won't say more than one, Blockmeister. It's free. It's a block pattern builder, but it's not a builder. What it is is an organizer of your patterns. So, for example, as I mentioned, in order to deliver that 2020, uh, sorry, the, the WordPress pattern thing to my customers, I had to make a special website that like has a button to copy pattern code. This gives you that capability for yourself privately. So you take a bunch of blocks, you put it together, and you go, I need to use this. You can save it in a way that allows you then to reference it just like Elementor, just like Divi. But it's not a template, it's a pattern. So you take whatever your underlying layout of the page structure is, you put the pattern in it. That's the world I want to live in in 2023. I don't want to live in a world of 5,000 templates. I want one template that gives me different layouts of my whiteboard that I put on the magnets that are in patterns. And Whoever makes the blocks for those patterns is fine. That's it, Jonathan. The I show is not going to end any faster. I need to talk to that, Lee, and I've got a crucial meeting. Where are we going? Good Jonathan, Denver, recommendation. It's 1140. <laughs> 
You take it up to thirds of this bloody Please. show already. You know what? Last time you did that, I stopped talking. You begged me to start talking again. So if you're uh, not careful, I'm going to stop contributing to the show. And you boys are going to both get sent to your corners. You begged Jonathan me to come Dennis, back. You have a recommendation this week. Yeah, quick one. It's called WP Wallet, and it helps you organize your licenses. It's on the map report. It looks fabulous. Go and have it a look at really it. really cool. Yeah, go over to you, Stephanie. Oh, Thank Natalie. You. We need Natalie. I know. Listen, oh my God, you guys! It's I'm gonna have to start drinking. Nathan Wrigley never did this to me, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm recommending Dan Price's Twitter account based on the Etsy thing that we talked about today. He's so fun to read. How he just exposes <clears throat> corporations and their greed for the things they do when they're showing all these record income um, peaks, and then they still raise prices and claim it's for inflation or other things like that. It's a very entertaining Twitter feed to follow. Natalie, do you have a recommendation for our tribe? And thank you for coming, by the way, and putting up with our craziness today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, just off the cuff, there's a great book that I think kind of ties into our women's topic today called We Should All Be Millionaires. And it's written by Rachel Rogers. And it's uh, a woman's guide to earning more, building wealth, and gaining economic power. So highly recommend that one. Love it. Thank you guys all for being here today. Uh, it's been a blast. It's been a little stressful. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Spence a half a Zanny next time, just to like to make sure he's okay. Next, we don't want next play. time we're just gonna have it. I'm gonna come on the show. And first of all, I want to say thanks to Natalie for being here because she's very yeah. enjoyable to have and suffer through yeah. all that. But next time you're gonna ask me questions, and I'm just gonna say no. Listen, then, don't fight with me because you're fighting with Jonathan. I'm not You'll fighting win. with you. This is a this is a debate of the show every week because it's a virtual show. People are listening no. to it while they're jogging or in their car. An extra couple minutes explanation is not going to kill yeah, anyone. But it's not, that's the whole point. It isn't a couple of minutes. That's the whole bloody point. People have commented in the yeah, notes. We're still going, you guys. I was enjoying the show and where the conversation was going, and then Jonathan rudely interrupted you and spent the next 10 minutes interrupting you, which took us out of the topic. If you would just let me talk. I have a, a thread <laughs> at the end, but you keep well, you know, Well, you know, week. Spence, you can always fork the show and create your own. Uh, <laughs> open source. Hey, guys, come back for next week's fight here on WP Tonic. It's been great having you all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.